toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. I'm Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Reverend Wendy Silvers. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. Consider becoming a Patreon supporter or a sponsor to help with the operating costs like editing and the many hours we spend creating these shows with quality guests and content. And if you have resonated with our mission, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy. And breathing out anything else you're ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity. Remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. If you haven't heard, we at Be The Love Podcast are so excited to announce the Awaken Your Soul Costa Rica Retreat on November 6th through the 12th, 2023 at the Magical Sunshine Sanctuary, a jungle boutique in the Montezuma Bay area. Our women's spiritual retreat is designed to raise your vibration with yoga, meditation, cacao ceremony, ecstatic dance, sound healing, a deep dive soul journey with ocean energy, and authentic Costa Rican cuisine. We would absolutely love to have you join us in this beautiful location and experience. This is an intimate group setting with very limited availability. Check out the webpage with details and registration in our show notes. Register now for early bird pricing through May 1st, and we can't wait to connect with you. Our guest today is Reverend Wendy Silvers. 
Wendy helps moms embody their power, raise healthy, empowered kids, and lead with love. She is a mom, minister, spiritual teacher, and sacred activist. Nicknamed Mama Wendy to her clients, she is known for her keen, intuitive wisdom and honest, fierce dedication to moms, children, and families thriving. She is the founder of the Million Mamas Movement, creator of the Awakened Mother TM series, host of the Awakened Mother podcast, and a co-author of the international best-selling book, Balance for Busy Moms. Her next book will be published in spring of 2023. Reverend Wendy produces and hosts events as well as speaks at cutting-edge venues such as Agape International Spiritual Center, Conscious Living Expo, Bhakti Fest, Health Freedom Events, and Spiritual Centers. She has shared the stages with people like Michael Beckwith, Robert F. Kennedy, Del Bigtree, Marianne Williamson, and so many other luminaries. She received the American Riviera Women's Entrepreneur of the Year Award in 2014. Reverend Wendy has decades of experience as a spiritual counselor, trauma-informed parenting coach, child development, 36 years of experience in the 12-step recovery movement, and had a former career as an entertainment publicist. Mm -hmm. She is married and the proud mother of an amazing young woman. Thank you so much for being with us today, Wendy. Thank you. It's just a joy and honor to be with you both. Thank you for that opening. Oh, so beautiful. Yes. So I'm, you have come with such, uh, such an extensive background and experiences. Uh, can you tell us like about this journey and what led you down the spiritual path? Mm. That's such a great question. Such a, <laughs> it's such a pithy question. So from the time I was very little, I just had this sense that there was more to the world than I was in. I just was always aware of this presence I couldn't name it. I was, I was, I did not grow up in a family that thought it was okay to like explore this. And there were a, a lot of, uh, oh, you have such a vivid imagination or, you know, don't be so, don't be so affectionate. You know, there are always limits, but mm. there was this, this inner, um, this inner awareness and this inner prompting within me to explore and to connect with people. I was, I've always been so fascinated with other people. And I just, I had, I led my first seance when I was eight, which I had no idea what I was doing with my neighbors on the street. And I just subsequently stayed on this spiritual uh, path that led me, even though I did, you know, segue into the entertainment industry, what as, you know, a, a publicist and a PR executive, what was so fascinating to me is even while I was in that environment, I would have people say to me, oh my God, you like, oh, you should be a manager. Oh, you should be a producer. Oh my gosh, you're just, you know, you have such heart. And I'd be like, okay, so what do I do with that? And so I just stayed in that environment. And then there was this you know, Ianla Van Zant wrote this book, One Day My Soul Opened Up. I think that I might be butchering mm. the title, but I remember being in that industry and loving it so much because once again, it was about activating and amplifying people's potential. Mm. But my soul was just like, mm, something else is calling me forward. So I fast forward, met my now husband. We moved back to LA. I walked through the doors of, and I'd already been on a spiritual path. I was a hypnotherapist. And I was doing readings, um, psychic uh, medium readings. And uh, 
And then I walked through the doors of Agape and it was like, oh, I'm home. Mm. And I became a licensed spiritual therapist and subsequently a minister. But it, it really is this desire to know the presence so deep in my heart and mm. to, uh, to be a source for a transformed world that it's just from the time, I mean, literally from the time I was little, you know, loving babies and kids and, mm. you know, life. Mm. So that's what led me to be sitting with you here today. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. What a beautiful journey that you've had and to, to recognize, you know, and just to feel that energy of being home and sounds like your soul really felt that, that call and it's led you to on your continuation of your path. And I'm also, I'm really curious about what has led you to the work that you do. It sounds like you do a lot of work with families and children and mothers. And, you know, it's such really where, where life comes from, right? It was the, the family and, and how much grows from that. And so it sounds like such beautiful work that you do. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit more about what has led you um, to that calling. Absolutely. So to begin with, I had a mother. <laughs> and at this time, we all enter this planet, this dimension through our moms. So from the time I was really little, again, I was always the one that was with the babies and with the little kids. I just had this very heart, heart-centered connection with, with youth. And I also felt very invisible, very unseen, very unheard, very unimportant and not really valued Yet I would also be acknowledged for like the wisdom, like, oh my gosh, you have so much wisdom for a little person and you have so much, they didn't use the words knowing, but you know, you have a knowing about you. And so um, I had a very challenging relationship with my mom, which led me to have an enormous sense of disconnection from who I was. So as I grew up and I started, I mean, I literally started babysitting when I was 12 and it was just this natural uh, evolution. And I always wanted to be a mom. Like that was something that I felt that if I didn't have a, a child or I wasn't a mother in this lifetime, I would, I would have felt on some level unfulfilled. And so I just have this love of children and I started to do my own inner work, remothering reparenting myself, healing, healing generational trauma so that I could, I could be more present and I could love myself, that journey of self-love and self-acceptance. I could wrap, you know, love around myself, be the love. And, uh, and so when right before, well, when I became a hypnotherapist, I, I, moms came to me and I was just like, okay, I'm still single at this point, but, you know, I love, you know, I love the whole mothering mother path. And then uh, when I became pregnant, I had women coming to me and just saying, what are you doing? You look so, you know, you're so radiant. What is, and, and then after I birthed, I birthed our daughter at home. I began, we did the family bed. I nursed her till she was three. I didn't feed her solid foods or sugars and, you know, and it was just, people kept asking me like, what are you doing? And, oh my gosh, you seem so natural. And I, I was like, huh, 
wow, I could really, I can really serve this community. I could really help other women heal their mother wound and also be the mom and the woman that they would like to be. It was so organic. It was, it was not any sitting down and having a business plan. Like, you know how that's encouraged when you, you know, you're, oh, you're going to be a solopreneur or a business. Okay, sit down and what's your goals? You know, three months, six <laughs> months. It was like, huh, wow. Hmm, maybe this is, maybe, maybe this is what I'm meant to do. So it's really unsexy. Like it's not, you know, it's not like a sexy, oh, I'm going to, you know, in terms of that. <laughs> image thing, mm-hmm. right? But it's just something I feel so called. Our children are, are, are now, it's not that they're the future, but what we, what we imprint them with now is made manifest in the future. Even the environment that of, of the mother while, you know, while pregnant, influences the child the influence of a mother is so profound and yes dads are important too we're not i'm not mm-hmm. sliding that at dads but it's it's something very integral so so does that is that yeah i i love your passion and how you look at your work it's a calling yeah. and and this and a spiritual path and i think motherhood i mean i'm i'm the mom of of two daughters they are by far my greatest teachers. I learned, I've learned so much. I learned things I didn't even know I needed to learn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That's how I, I look at yet. Motherhood is a spiritual path. I would love for you to talk more about how, how we can see motherhood, not just as a list of to do's Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe some of the, the mom guilt that's really, you know, a kind of going through, I feel like a generation of mothers not doing enough, mm-hmm. um, but how motherhood really is a spiritual path. Could you speak to that? Mm, yes. Thank you. Uh, well, for me, everything is spiritual. It's, it's, there's not an exception, whatever you can call it mindfulness or spiritual practice when we're doing the dishes, when we're diapering. Like I remember when my daughter was an infant and I was going through professional practitioner training, which is spiritual counseling, spiritual therapy. And I, meditation is such an important part of my life and my practice and also doing Kundalini yoga. So my daughter was an infant and had needs like I, and I wanted to address them, but I also needed to fill my tank. So I would have her on my lap when I meditated or when I was nursing her, I would turn within so I could also, you know, include her in this frequency, this vibratory frequency. So for me, because everything is spiritual and I bring mindfulness and presence to what I'm doing, motherhood is the same. It's, it's, there are no real instruction manuals. Each child comes into the world with their own curriculum. Mm. And I do believe that nurture and nature work together. So a child comes in, we came in with a curriculum on our souls and then we grew up in a home. So I believe a home that is filled with love and consciousness and the recognition that this being in front of you is divine, is intelligent, is conscious, that that senses and feels 
the energy behind the words and the looks that you give them and watches how you speak with other people absorbs this. Mm-hmm. So it becomes an invitation, as you said, you know, children, I believe parents are mentors. Our children are our spiritual teachers because they will activate and amplify, right? They'll activate the places within us that are wanting to be where we, where we want to be, but they'll also amplify the places within us where unmet needs arise. And my experience is that wherever a parent is triggered by a child's behavior, it is usually a reflection of their unmet needs. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I was just talking to a dad. It was probably about three weeks ago. And he mentioned to me, oh, you know, she's in those terrible twos. And I was like, is it okay if I share something with you? Because I like to get permission. I think it's really important. Unsolicited advice always comes across as criticism. So he said, yes. And I said, here's the thing. I like to call them the terrific twos and the transforming threes that whole judgment of the terrible twos and the threes, it's about them feeling important and giving them some autonomy. So I would encourage you to find ways in which you can have this little person feel important. And I believe that the power struggles will dissolve. And he found it so helpful. Nobody had ever said that to him. He's like, I can't wait to tell my wife this. But you know, these labels. So it is a spiritual practice taking, you know, taking the cotton in your ears, putting it in your mouth and, and, and listening, right? What is this child here to teach me? And especially in those moments when the brain gets dysregulated, when, when the lid gets flipped and, and, you know, a little person or even a tween or a teen is like really highly activated it's really an invitation and it's a practice to stay rooted. Okay. I'm here. We're going to get through this together. I can see, I can hear, this is really hard for you. I get it rather than stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. You're Mm -hmm. fine. Just get up and go. Just like, come on, get up, keep going, you know, or that's not important. Why are you crying over that? It's a very different orientation. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Because I think it, it's really about the messaging we give our kids, right? Like if they, you want me to give you something to cry about versus, you know, what's going on? You know, tell me more about that, you know, really being present with, with your child, you know. And so I'm wondering just for that parent, you know, who does have trauma, who does get triggered and dysregulated, right? Because that can be really tough to balance the brain and come into this logical place of, okay, now I need to stay present for, you know, my child when I'm, you know, maybe there's this dysregulation going on. And so what, what are some tools that you would maybe suggest for that parent that's trying to wanting to be intentional and conscious and also struggling with their own set of traumas? Yeah. Well, uh, first and foremost, what I would encourage is the parent to allow themselves to receive support. 
mm-hmm. to, to go to a trauma-informed counselor or do some form of uh, counseling where they can address and, and heal, mend the, the trauma. Because what, what you don't heal, you are destined to repeat what you don't address. That's one thing. And then in the moment, what I used to say to my daughter is I would say, oh, mommy is having so many feelings and I have like this much space right now. I really want to support you. I just, I need to breathe. So I would literally pause and she would see me. I would pause. I would sometimes close my eyes, take slow breath in, hold it, draw in a little more air, hold it, and very slowly exhale, which allows the nervous system to 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 settle the brain to settle another tool that is helpful is is you do the philosopher i call it the philosopher and you go like this like if you're in public and you're just about to lose your shiitake like you're just so like oh my god okay so you just it's the philosopher you can put the elbow on what the the palm on under your elbow and you just go like this and you very slowly and just for our listeners who are listening only, oh, I'm just going to say oh. you're you're putting your finger like underneath your yes. nose, like you're thinking deeply. Is that like you're the... like you're pondering something? Yes. Okay. Your index finger under your nose, and you make a little fist, and you put your thumb perhaps under your chin. You don't have to. You let your elbow rest in the opposite arm, like a, you roll a fist up, like like you do sometimes when sometimes people will um, hold their. Um, their arms, one arm under the other, and you put your finger on your chin, will you just move your finger under your nose and you slowly exhale, but you just make it set an intention to feel the breath on your fingers. So that's one. So those are, that's the second tool. Another one is you can rub your, you can pat your shoulder, start at the shoulders and go down your arms all the way to your hands. And I also like this rubbing the hands together, the palms together because of all the nerve endings, that helps. You can, I mean, narrating it also to your child is, is really important to say, I'm having a lot of things. I'm just breathing right here and I'm right here with you. I'm not going anywhere. Um, and it's also, you can put your hand on your heart. So I like to use the left hand on my heart and the right hand right on my belly button and just, you know, and just feel yourself in your body bringing your awareness back into your body, slowly breathing and then exhaling. So those are a few of the tools that you can use and implement. This is Brenda Carey, co-host of Be The Love podcast. And I love starting my morning with rituals. And one of the rituals that I've really been enjoying lately is drinking miracle tea. This tea has amazing properties to help me get into that rhythmic cycle of my day, especially to start and end my day, to reduce the stress and anxiety that just modern life brings, to raise my vibration and create more joy and love. And this is Stacey Musial, co-host of Beat the Love podcast. I too have been really enjoying the 
morning ritual of miracle tea. I've noticed that I've received better sleep and you know, better sleep means a happier, more peaceful start to my day. And who does not want that, which also increases productivity throughout the day. And I really enjoy looking back at my day and really feeling amazing about it. And you can visit the Love and Abundance store at drvarungandhi.com for more information about the Miracle Tea. You can also listen to Dr. Varun Gandhi's episode on Be the Love podcast, episode 106. I love all of those. They're very practical. And that's one thing I also teach my clients as well as like be in the body. Love yes. how you said embody and like feel the calmness, feel the breath. Yes. You know, recognize, because I do think, and I've experienced this as a mom, I'm like trying to think in my head of all, all the things that I have to do or say, or, and, and so it becomes this very heady mm-hmm. experience. And I'm like, I'm like a walking head. I don't, I don't even know I have a body anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think it's so good to remember, oh yes, breathe, mm-hmm. touch, you know, a sense of touch is so important and to, and also to recognize and participate with the child in that process. Because I know for me, like I am a role model. And so when my daughters see me do something, they'll, they take note of that. They are always watching and observing, even when I'm not aware of it. So I think it's really important that we have these self-care tools as mothers, as parents, and because our children are watching. And it minimizes that internalization process then, you know, so they're not going to internalize that, you know, that maybe what you're going through is their fault or something that you're taking responsibility for that. Yes. It's interesting you say that. So when I was pregnant with my daughter, and I was working um, at this uh, at this company, at the studio, and I was um, in an office that had no windows, and I was there for many hours. and And I would literally, I talked with her every day. I would, I didn't know that she was a she, but I talked with her. I had her special, we had a special name for her, and I would say to her, for instance, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's Friday and it's 1130 and uh, we're in Los Angeles and you may feel that there's a lot of energy that I'm feeling that's moving through my body. I'm having a moment of stress. And so I want you to know this has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. These are my feelings, not yours. Mm. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do in this moment, but I, uh, I want you to know they're not yours. And, and throughout her childhood, she's 22 now, but throughout her childhood, I was very, very mindful in stating these are my feelings. Like if, if I did have a lot of anger or because of course we're going to have feelings of anger, we're going to say something, we're going to, you know, it's going to, you know, it's going to happen. And so I would literally go back to her and I would say, you know, the way that I spoke with you or the way that I spoke to you, the the energy, it's really, it wasn't okay. Mommy was just having a moment. And I, you know, I just really want to let you know that I'm, I'm sorry if that was scary for you. And uh, I'm, I'm really working on it. I, I, I will do my best not to do that again. And so then we, we had this little, uh, it was this little game. So I would go from Om mommy to ogre mommy. So I would let her know, uh uh-oh, 
uh-oh, going from oh mommy to ogre mommy, just I'm gonna take <laughs> so that it was, she could have, a, it was a game, but it was also me narrating to my own mm. being, to my inner child, to my little girl that's going, I didn't get that when I was a kid. How come she's getting that? You're, you know, we didn't, you know, so it was that ability to calm mm. and, and do that with myself. So I love what you said. Yes. I'm also curious, like what, what do you think is missing in, in families today? I mean, we're talking a lot about things like practical tools that we can do and some positive things that we are seeing our children as teachers and a spiritual practice, but what do you think are some missing things that we can begin to shift? Mm. Connection parents being responsible for their own behaviors. So many times, parents that love their kids, it's not, they're not, I'm not talking about the parents that are neglectful. There's still a form of, um, of emotional abandonment because they were abandoned, because the parents didn't get what they need. And so there's this, this resistance to look at what's what's motivating their behavior. There, they, there's this sense of, uh, that's okay, right now I'm doing this. I really need to do this for the family. Like I need to be away from you all the time because then when blank, I'll be there for you. But you, the one thing that you can't redo is time. Mm-hmm. So it is about setting, um, setting time aside to be fully present with your child, with your family. It is about really going within and saying, God, I have so much sadness Mm -hmm. or so much grief or so much anger, or I have such a desire to do this and having a dialogue, really including the family, taking time to go out, putting your phone on silent and being with your family, doing activities together and really being responsible. Like, oh my gosh, when I said that, when I did that, or I wasn't really listening. Can you tell me again? I really want to hear what you have to say. Like making it important to recognize the connection and, and, and having it be that, that family is really, really important and not an afterthought. Mm-hmm. That's just initially. I mean, there's more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although that is so beautiful because I think, yeah, connection is so important, right? And that does also take a level of presence and moving away from distraction, right? So our phones and the media and, and all these things. And so, and, and vulnerability and being able to be aware, you know, and connecting. So coming back to that spiritual practice of, you know, what that is like and, and being being present. And so what can you say about, you know, just how someone might move in from that state of, you know, distraction and to this level or state of awareness with the spiritual practice. Is there something that they should be doing to get to that space? Being. They be so it's a process. If you're somebody that has, let's say, um, you're a high-powered executive, right? We've I'm sure we've all worked with people that are high powered, high achieving executive on the go all the time, you know, got to get, you know, got to get it done. It's got, it's urgent, urgent. There's going to be, there needs to be a bridge from that high level intensity 
and the awareness that that you're operating because sometimes there's you know I don't know if you've experienced this but I've experienced it where people will acknowledge things but not change them Mm -hmm. just like I often say an apology is not an amends if you truly care about transforming your behavior that may have hurt somebody or impacted somebody it takes more than just saying i'm sorry mm-hmm. right it's about i'm going to do whatever it takes to be different with you and then doing it so it's that bridge so it could be being in nature it could be going camping with your family. It could be allowing your kids to engage you in something that they like that you don't and and allowing that to become something of a ritual because kids, they keep it real. They will call you out if, you know, oh yeah, you're saying that again, Uh uh-huh, right. And then you're gonna get that call and you're gonna leave, right? I, I got it, right? And then the parent feels defensive. So it's like, can you live with an undefended heart? Can you acknowledge, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I really keep doing this and I'm so sorry. And I, I'm going to go for help. Like really model, like, I don't think I'm doing this very well and I want to do it differently. So it could be, so I'm going to take five or 10 minutes in the morning and I'm going to do this, or let's go hiking and do it and, and make that a priority. Let's go camping. Oh, you want to go there? Let's do that. Let's cook together, right? Let's cook together. Cooking is such a great connecting. Play is such a wonderful opportunity also to connect with your kids. And it doesn't have to be investments in the connection bank account so that you have escrow to draw upon. So because kids, I mean, I know that in this material world, Gifts are great. I mean, who doesn't? I love gifts. <laughs> who doesn't like presents? But it's presence with a CE that the kids remember. Those memories are built upon being present. So, what's the bridge that someone gets to walk across so they can start having different behaviors? Does it have to be a health crisis or a financial crisis or a death? Yeah. I, I uh, definitely, I hear a lot of such wisdom in that, like, I, for, unfortunately for many parents, it does take a major crisis for them to realize what's really important. And they, it's almost like they realize it maybe not too late, but that's how they perceive it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I think prioritizing uh, the interest of our kids. I know I've personally had to do that. And to be present with myself first. And for me, that's a meditation practice. And I would love to share like what your daily spiritual practices look like. For me, it's if I can get present with myself for a few minutes in the morning before my kids get up and the chaos of getting ready for school starts, um, like that sets the tone so that, okay, I'm present with myself and I can be present with both my daughters and all the other people that I get to encounter throughout my day. So um, what what are some of your daily spiritual practices that help you create that presence state? So what I will do upon awakening is I will sit up. I do have a space where I meditate, but I will sit up in bed. I'll put the pillows behind me. I'll stretch my legs and I will 
close my eyes and move my awareness into my heart and give thanks for this new day. And then I will invite the God of my understanding in to lead, guide, and direct my, my thoughts, my words, and my actions. And sometimes it'll be five minutes. Sometimes it'll be a little longer. I also have uh, a pad near me that I will write. So I will write what I want to, you know, if I woke up with something on my head, on my mind, which happens, right? So I'll just write it out. And then I will, um, I will invite the God of my understanding into my life for the day. So you know, again, you know, lead, lead, guide, and direct my, my thoughts, my words, and my actions. How may I be of maximum service? And I just, I, I just write. And then when I am up and about, and you know, when my daughter was in school and and she was off to school, I will take time again to go to to sit in the stillness. And then I also have a practice of going on a walk in my neighborhood. I happen to have a dog, that dog G-O-D spelled, you know, backwards, (laughs) you know, and the dog is like constantly wants walks. So I will have very conscious walks in the neighborhood. And that is, and then during the day, I will pause and, and the beauty of the work that I get to do with people, with moms, especially, is I get to pray in, pray out, be in the stillness with them. So I have an opportunity during the day to do that. Mm. But if I didn't have that, I would absolutely set my day. And, and I also close my day. Mm. I will close my day with a, with Thanksgiving for the day and turn over my dream time. Mm. So, yeah, okay. You know, in infinite presence, you know, mm. what is it that, that my dream time, I mean, I have a particular process that I, that I do small, like not, not time consuming, but so that's what I do. And, and if I'm moving through something and I really want to make sure that I'm keeping my mind stayed on, you know, positive, you know, thoughts and not going down the fear rabbit hole, I will read something before I go to bed. And when I wake up, Sometimes I do it all the time, but that's mm-hmm. like, like, that's a, an, a special like pin in that so that I don't believe the thoughts that are coursing through my head. Hmm. Thank you, Wendy, for sharing that. And I'm wondering if you would like to lead us through a prayer. I would love to, I would love to thank you so much for, for the opportunity to be with you and your community. It's really an honor. It's an honor. So just taking a breath together, breathing in through your nose, slowly breathing out. And how very grateful, how very thankful I am for this sacred space. How very grateful and thankful I am for this time together with with Stacy and with Brenda, how grateful I am for this opportunity to step away from the outer world, the outer world of condition and circumstance and event and personality to allow everything that has come before this present moment to dissolve and disappear into its native nothingness, touching, touching into, tapping into the hem 
of the garment, this place in consciousness where I know absolutely and resolutely that all that there is, is good. All that there is, is God, infinite presence, love, intelligence, whatever name you call this presence, love, pressed down and overflowing. This is my source. This is my supply. I am in this presence and this presence is in me, in every cell, in every organ action and function of my body, my mind, and my spirit. I am overflowing with the presence. And as I know this to be the truth of my life, I know this to be the truth for Brenda and Stacy, and for each and every person who is within earshot of this word being spoken right where they are. God is, good is, peace is, for it is their very life. And it is in and from this unified field of oneness, of unconditional love that I speak this word, calling forth peace and peace of mind for anyone, anywhere who is feeling the disconnection or disharmony or conflict. I'm calling forth a peace like a river flowing to, through, and around them, enveloping them in this dynamic quality. I'm calling forth health, wholeness, vitality, resplendent health, robust health, a strong immune system. I'm calling forth abundance and prosperity in all forms and specifically financial. I'm calling forth divine right employment. I'm calling forth harmony in the home, harmony in the heart, harmony in the mind. I'm calling forth healthy, empowered families, kids, parents, aunties, uncles, all the extended family. I'm calling forth the honoring of this mother of us all, Gaia, absolutely knowing that whatever it is that is needed to support her growing as she continues to give to us so freely and abundantly. I'm calling forth a world that works for everyone, justice, compassion, love, peace, joy, grace, all good all God, all the time. And with deep and abiding gratitude for this and so much more, I simply, I simply let this word be knowing it is done. I knowing that I know that be the love is blessed, this beautiful sacred container of truth and truth teachings and love is blessed and beautiful. So be the love is all around. And I just allow that to be saying, and so it is. Amen. Mm, I mean, so it is. Mm. So it is. Wow. Thank you thank so you. much, Wendy. That yeah. was beautiful to receive. So please tell us how, um, about your Million Mamas movement and just where our listeners can find you and anything else you're currently working on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so very briefly, the Million Mamas movement emerged from a visioning, a visioning process, which I learned from one of my teachers, Michael Beckwith, um, my mentor. And so it literally just downloaded. I, I, it is, I was at the gym. I got done visioning. I went to the gym. I was on the elliptical. I heard the words, Million Mamas March, and I heard Mother's Day and DC, and I just said yes. And so there's a whole story behind that. But the Million Mamas movement emerged from the Million Mamas March as as a as a community of moms that are committed to living a life of joy and freedom and helping their kids. And it's 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 open to women, mothers, and others who really support this journey. So. That's how the Million Mamas, that's like a total thumbnail of how the Million Mamas movement came into being. 
I am, I am on Instagram at Rev Wendy Silvers. I'm on Facebook, Mama Wendy Silvers and Rev Wendy Silvers. Uh, you can email me hello at Wendy Silvers, and that's S-I-L-V-E-R-S dot com. And I have a Mother's Day themed event coming up, which is, uh, which is entitled uh, The Awakened Heart of the Mother, Permission to Embody Your Influence and Create a Powerful Legacy. So your listeners, if they want to participate, and Brenda is going to be offering a really wonderful gift with the work that she does, uh, your listeners can follow on Instagram and Facebook and they will, they can join us. And uh, I look forward to staying connected with you all and staying connected with uh, your community. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wendy, for being with us today and just sharing this beautiful space to have this beautiful conscious conversation. Thank you so, so very much. It's, I feel so enlivened and enriched by both of you. Thank you for what you're doing with your work. So thank needed. you. Thank you. And at Be The Love Podcast, we are excited about our upcoming Awaken Your Soul Costa Rica retreat on November 6th through the 12th, 2023. We would absolutely love to have you join us for a beautiful and vibration-raising experience. Check out our webpage with details and registration in the show notes. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends and family, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes and Spotify, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with a monthly donation that helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love Podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.